Happy Friday, everyone, and a big-time second episode of the second iteration of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. I'm your host, Brad Klein, taking you until the weekend here, and thank you so much for joining us. Again, big-time second episode here, still dipping my feet and trying to figure out what this is going to be. All I know is it's going to be good, and this one especially, this episode, because we've got a lot to get to. First of all, ESPN finalizes their 2022 basketball recruitment rankings. And I think there are going to be some surprises for Orange fans out there. Plus, Syracuse NFL Draft Preview. The NFL Draft under a week away at this point. It's time to start gearing up. Also, we're going to cap it off with SU football recruiting may have turned a corner. Now, you're going to be refreshing your Twitter feed, trying to see what's what. No, they didn't land anyone big recently, but Dino Babers might have had an aha moment on the recruitment trail. All that and more on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On Syracuse Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I mentioned a lot to get to. I'm your host, Brian Klein. Make sure you hit that subscribe button once we get on YouTube. It's coming up, I promise. In the meantime, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. But the class of 2022, those rankings on ESPN are final. So years from now, when you look to see, hey, uh, I wonder where that NBA player was ranked when he was recruited. Oh, man, he was 70-something? How about that? He was slept on. You're going to see these rankings now. There's no more shifting. There's no more AAU tournament that has this one guy blow up and shoot up to the top 50. None of that. It's set in stone. And this is a recruiting class that Jim Beheim has said multiple times. This is the best class I have ever had. Big praise for a guy who's been coaching for nearly a half century. Very big praise. What does he mean? I don't know. Probably that it's the most well-rounded class. You recruited even before Judamintz, one player for each position. Kadir Copeland, point guard. Justin Taylor, shooting guard. You got Chris Bunch in there as a small forward. Malik Brown, the four. And then Peter Carey at the five. And then you bring in Judah Mintz, and he is the best guy in the class. So it's hard to say cherry on top, icing on the cake, whatever. He's really the meat and potatoes of the class, just a late ad. Now that said, Judah Mintz is the only player ranked in the top 100 according to the final rankings on ESPN. All right. A little bit of a surprise considering the hype around this class Maybe a disappointment. It's always nice to have the number next to your name. And for a very long time, Chris Bunch had it. Chris Bunch was 80-something for a good amount of time, and and now he's not ranked. That's okay. Hey, Benny Williams was in the top 100, so it goes to show you what these rankings actually mean. I think, if you ask for my opinion, it looks like A lot of guys in the class, Chris Bunch being one of them. Justin Taylor, another guy who had been ranked in the top 100 at a given point. They finished just outside the top 100. What's the difference between 107th and 100th? Not much. It's fancy when you have a guy in the top 100. Judah Mintz is the only player in the top 100 
on ESPN's final recruitment rankings in 2022. And he's 33rd. And that's no joke. 33rd, you're up there with guys who are expected to be in the NBA. Judah Mintz is absolutely no exception to that. Judah Mintz is going to start. Judah Mintz is going to put Fannies in the stands at JMA Dome or whatever you want to call it. Judah Mintz is the guy. Judah Mintz is going to get the NIL deals because Judah Mintz is the sexiest recruit in this class for Syracuse. Nothing wrong with that. He's 33rd. That's good. To have someone that's 33rd is good. So before any Syracuse fans start to panic, oh no, maybe this class is not as good as I was promised. Ah, oh, but I thought Justin Taylor was good. I thought Chris Bunch was going to play really well. Why isn't he a top 100 recruit? Calm down. They're still the same guys, but ESPN changed their mind. And, and these rankings are so fluid. That's something I, lo- something I love and something I roll my eyes about and something I think is hilarious. Very fluid. Now, like Derek Lively is the consensus number one recruit for ESPN in these final rankings. Going to Duke, Derek Whitehead is also going to Duke. He's number two. There are certain guys who are in a certain strata and there's nothing that's going to change that barring an injury, right? But you think of a lot of movement here. Like, I'll give you an example. First of all, obviously, Justin Taylor, Chris Bunch, demoted from the top 100. And J.J. Starling, remember him? J.J. Starling spent most of his recruitment in, what, the 70 range? Maybe the 80 range bumped up slowly but surely, linearly climbed the rankings, and now committed to Notre Dame, the Baldwinsville, New York native, 18th, and a five-star, according to ESPN, in the final rankings. Good for him. Now, Syracuse didn't land him. They wanted him. They didn't get him. And I think a lot of people were surprised that not, that, not necessarily that J.J. Starling didn't go to Syracuse, but that they lost him to Notre Dame. Duke was in there. Uh, I think a lot of people thought he was going to Duke, and it just didn't happen. But a lot of Syracuse recruits or pursued high school players Syracuse was in on, and Syracuse even at one point had or were close to having in the top 100. And that should be the most painful part of these rankings. Not that Justin Taylor isn't in the 90s, or Chris Bunch isn't in the 80s, but that Zion Cruz going to DePaul, he's 72nd. Donovan Klingon is going to UConn, 51st. Kamari Lance was going to Syracuse. Remember, he was tag-teaming with Justin Taylor, 39th, Louisville. Chance Westry always seemed like a long shot, 36th, Auburn. Kyle Filipkowski going to Duke, he's number 7. And that's a guy who climbed, too. That's a guy who was never really a top 10 guy until the end. He surged. Like I said, J.J. Sterling, 18th. Dior Johnson, 35th to Oregon. So that's the bad news, is that you have a bunch of guys that were, at one point, very likely to go to Syracuse, or even, for some of them, going to Syracuse, and it just didn't happen. Seven guys in the top 100 of that sort. Now, that said, that's the bad news. That's the painful part. If you want a chuckle, if you want a laugh, 
if you want the silver lining, and if you're sadistic, if you like people's pain, Dior Johnson decommits from Syracuse and he breaks your heart. Breaks your heart. Because he was supposed to be the next Carmelo Anthony. And honestly, he still might be. Different player, but caliber, he might be that good. He, for whatever reason, falls. I mean, he was top 15 for most of the time. And he was the number one or two point guard most of the time. Not the case anymore. He falls. And he falls all the way down to 35th. Again, doesn't really matter. Just kind of funny that he decommits from Syracuse. Originally from Central New York. Songerties, New York. Decommits from Syracuse. We all think he's going pro. He goes to Oregon. Breaks your heart. And he's two spots behind you to mint. Enjoy it. If you are into that. If you like people's pain, enjoy it. That's your silver lining. Because these don't really matter. Aesthetics are always nice. Helps with other recruits to show that you have a track record in the top 100. And that you're a viable destination for a top 100 guy. But at the end of the day... Rankings don't win basketball games. Good players do. And a player, first of all, could defy the rankings very easily. But second, a player could just be, I mean, like I said, it could just be ranked poorly. We don't know. Maybe Chris Bunch should be in the top 50. And ESPN got it wrong. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. By the way, it's this time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New, Year, New Year's resolutions but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs, though? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's my favorite part. Puffs are a fan favorite with some of inc some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Oh, so good. And these are going to be my new favorite snack at night. When I, I have a kind of a sweet tooth before I go to bed, I want to end on something good. Give me a coconut marshmallow. That's my favorite. All built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar, that could be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away like I was. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars, you got 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. Just four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that's usually got around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond, new for this month. White chocolate, cookies, and cream, they're all delicious. I haven't tried all of them, but all my friends are telling me that they're great, and I'm, I'm getting around to it. I'm still stuck on the coconut marshmallow, but they're all coming in. Every flavor is good. It might be that delicious way to end your day, like it is for me. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out, figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, 
but they pull it off every time. The offer, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. By the way, thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. The NFL draft is kicking off soon, and fans are dying to know who their team will take. Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special is running now and has all the information and analysis all week leading up to the first pick. Six episodes and more than 70 insiders and experts, well, they're going to bring you the most complete NFL Mock Draft coverage out there. Find it on the Odyssey app or on Locked On NFL feed. Now, the NFL Draft is just under a week out, and for Syracuse fans, that's a pretty mundane statement. There's not much out there. I think next year is going to be very interesting to see where Sean Tucker goes. And the year after that, who knows, maybe Deuce Chestnut is a guy who NFL teams are going to be looking at because even though Syracuse football isn't the best program out there, punter you, kicker you, CBDBU, whatever, you'll take it, right? If Atumelafamu looking really good in the NFL, Trill Williams effective when healthy, Andre Sisko, well, he's got all the potential in the world. So maybe Deuce Chestnut is a guy. But right now, the four players who have the most legitimate chance of making it into the NFL, Aaron Service, the offensive lineman, and a utility offensive lineman. He played some center, played some tackle. I think he wants to be a tackle, but recognizes that at the next level, that might not be possible. Not extremely common to have a guy like Service who can bounce around the offensive line like that, but that's his allure, and we'll get to him in a second. And you got three defensive linemen, McKinley Williams, Josh Black, Kingsley Jonathan. Let's start with Josh Black. Okay. First of all, let me just go on the record. I only think one of these guys is going to get drafted. And Josh Black is not that guy. So Josh Black, I love this guy. Great guy, team captain, fifth-year guy, stuck around, unfinished business, team leader. Now, the only problem is he's a little undersized and doesn't get to the quarterback very often. So why? Why would anyone draft him? He's just this ridiculous athlete. This is the guy, if you're not 100% familiar This is the guy that people have somewhat facetiously referred to as uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's stunt double because a few years ago he had a ridiculous Twitter video, you got to go and see it, uh, of him doing a running flip, I guess is the way to describe it, off the wall. He runs onto a wall, backflips, and lands on his feet, sticks the landing. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson tweeted out at him, and at the time he was an underclassman at Syracuse, and it was cool for the kid. 290 pounds, redshirt senior, six foot three, from Illinois. And again, you want this guy to be great. Honorable mention, all ACC last season. You want him to be great. Started all 12 games at defensive tackle and yet had half a sack all year. Came against Rutgers in the second game of the season. He had six tackles. For loss, that is. Six tackles for loss and 18 solo tackles, 35 total. He's the defensive tackle, so he's not really a pass rusher. But in the 3-3-5, there's really no set role like that. You need to, him to sack the quarterback more. You just do. 
and one quarterback hurry. The numbers aren't there. If, if an NFL team is blown away by his athleticism, then they can take a flyer as an undrafted free agent. But I don't see anyone using a pick on Josh Black. So there's that. By the way, we're previewing what Syracuse has to offer in the NFL draft right now. We're going to be doing some NFL draft touch-ups until next Thursday. That's when the draft actually is. Josh Black's a guy. McKinley Williams, I, I don't understand. I mean, he is another defensive lineman who was trending upwards for a good amount of time, it seemed like, and then kind of hit a wall in the middle of his collegiate career. Lost his job at one point in time last season. And that's another guy who, and he'll be, he's eligible for the draft. His name will be in there. No one's, no one's going to use a draft pick on McKinley Williams. 285, 6'4", redshirt senior, interior defensive lineman, and another athlete. And that's another guy who can do a, a backwards handspring. So he's flexible, and you'd like to think that he's got the tools a sack and a half last year. The, the numbers just aren't there for McKinley Williams. Three tackles for loss, including one in each of the final two games that he played at NC State and versus Pittsburgh. So I don't think McKinley Williams. I think I'd actually rather take a flyer on Josh Black just because of his athleticism. If I'm an NFL team that trusts myself and trusts my ability to develop players, Josh Black is the better flyer, is the better risk than McKinley Williams. But I think they're pretty equitable. All right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll talk about the guy I think has the best chance of getting drafted, and that's Kingsley Jonathan. Now, Kingsley Jonathan is yet another guy who is a defensive lineman and who doesn't necessarily jump off the stat sheet. Now, what does all this mean? It means that Syracuse doesn't have great prospects this year. That's fine. It's a five-win team from last season. These guys are a little bit older, which in football isn't as big a deal as, say, basketball. You're more likely to take a guy who's been in college longer in football because it's all about what's happening now, physically ready. You're not building a franchise around Kingsley Jonathan. He's the lightest of the three, six foot four, two sixty, defensive lineman from Maryland, and if you draft him, you're not necessarily drafting him for football. That sounds crazy because every team's goal is to win football games. So what are you drafting him for? Look, this is a guy who's a really good teammate. That sounds stupid, I know, because again. Teams are in the business of winning football games. How is Kingsley Jonathan going to help you win football games? He's not going to tackle much. He's not going to sack the quarterback much. Just a good guy, team leader. He was up for a bunch of awards for community service and sportsmanship. And Dino Baber said that he'd be a great president. And is a coach speak? Is it empty praise? I don't know, maybe. But there are guys in an NFL locker room, in a locker room at, with every team at every level, that are there to be on the team, not necessarily to be game changers. So if Kingsley Jonathan can fill his lane and can participate in the drills and can perform well enough to be on a roster, there's reason to have him. There's reason, there's incentive, there's a track record, there's a reputation, and there's something beyond football that he's going to give you. Aaron Service, I don't think, is going to do anything. He can play every position, but he can't play any of the positions well. 
So I wouldn't draft him. I would draft Kingsley Jonathan, if anyone. But probably not him either. Honestly, outside of Sean Tucker, the most attractive prospect that Syracuse has in terms of a draft pick is Andre Schmidt. He's coming back for another year as the kicker. Probably a good move. He didn't have a very good season. He's capable of way more. Way more. By the way, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting and wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we've got one more topic here before I let you go for the weekend. And we're sticking with Syracuse football here, going towards recruiting. Brady Schaefer, 2024 quarterback, not a big-time recruit, Rochester native, so you kind of think he's almost a shoo-in to be on the roster in the quarterback room. We'll see. It's early. It's 2024, guys. So took a visit, liked his visit. And right now, I wouldn't say he necessarily matters that much. That's not a dig on Brady Schaefer. It's just a fact. We're far out. Syracuse has bigger concerns than a 2024 quarterback who's not a huge recruit. But one thing stood out to me from Brady Schaefer's visit. And afterwards, he said he loved the visit. What he loves is that Syracuse is tailoring their offense around the strengths of their quarterbacks. Love that. Uh, Brady Schaefer feels like he can be a guy who can help because he can do what he does. And he can do what makes him effective. Okay, what is that? Don't worry about it. This isn't about Brady Schaefer. This is about what makes good recruiting. In this day and age, players know what they're capable of. Players know their strengths and know their weaknesses. And should they be developing their weaknesses and honing their strengths too? Yeah. That's why you go to a coach who's going to help you grow your game so that one day, hopefully, you can play at a high level. And if you're lucky, play at the next level. But Syracuse is in the business of winning football games. And remember what happened with Tommy DeVito when they tried to put him in a box. Because DeVito is a pocket passer, but he's also a better runner than people give him credit for. And the reason that no one gives him credit for that is because Syracuse never used him in that way. And why not? Probably because he was the successor to Eric Dungy, and there was an assumption out there that if you can't run like Dungy, you can't run. DeVito can run. We just never saw it. Because Syracuse wanted to take the top off the field, use his big arm, and play that way. Didn't work. Did not work. Look at what happened when Eric Dungy was there. Eric Dungy came in, and, and he, was, he played for a season under Dino Babers. Babers wanted to play more like the way they played with DeVito, but he adapted the offense to the strength of Eric Dungy. Why? Because Dungy's a unique talent. Because there's no one like Dungy. He can run. Dino Babers probably went up to Dungy and said, Hey, Eric, you're the best running back on this team. Go. We're going to follow you. You go. Make a play. Now, I'm not saying that Brady Schaefer is like Eric Dungy. It's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is we've seen it both ways, with Dino Babers trying to play his way and Dino Babers trying to play the right way. 
that won 10 games with Eric Dungey playing the way Eric Dungey wanted to play. Could you imagine what Dungey would be if he was playing the same offense as Tommy DeVito, if he was trying to push the ball downfield? I don't think he would have made it through the season, 2018. They wouldn't have won 10 games. Who knows? Who knows how it would have gone? I don't know. But Eric Dungey is the last really effective quarterback that Syracuse had. And to go back to what got you there, well, that's smart. Aha moment for Syracuse recruiting. They finally turned the corner, and Dino Babers came in in 2016. And that's a guy who was tabbed player's coach. That's a guy who inherited Eric Dungey for a couple of years and realized, okay, it's not my guy, but we're going to win some football games. I'm going to make him my guy. But he was ta- tabbed a player's coach. And what does that mean? It means that he's a good recruiter because the guys, the 17-year-olds, can relate to him, can say, yeah, I want to spend my 5 a.m.s with this guy, of all people. Hasn't really come to fruition yet. Tommy DeVito is the crown jewel of Dino Baber's recruiting, and I don't think it's crazy to call him a bust. That's a guy who was a top 10 quarterback in his class, and now he's playing for Western Kentucky. It's a bust. Good for Dino to get a recruit of that caliber, but bad on Dino for not getting a guy who could play effectively or didn't play effectively. And maybe the reason, of course, the offensive line was atrocious. There were other problems around the team. But maybe the reason is because they tried to put him in a box. So to hear Brady Schaefer say, yeah, that's not the case with me, they're going to help me. They're going to let me grow. They're going to let me spread my wings. They're going to let me do what I need to do to help the team. Awesome. That's what I want to hear. That should be music to every fan's ears. What Brady Schaefer says. Rochester native. Maybe he doesn't come to Syracuse. But he's already given Syracuse fans a reason to be happy. And that is the indication that Syracuse football recruiting, which has completely failed the fan base recently, might be turning a corner. Thanks for making Locked on Syracuse your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we've got some more NFL draft to touch up on. Actually, that's not true. Monday, we do. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Have something cool to drink. Have some fun. Kick back. It's a good time to be a Syracuse fan because there are some good things happening on the recruiting trail. But right now, it's the calm time. It's the time when you don't have to be infuriated on a Saturday. So enjoy that. Enjoy that. On Monday, we'll do a little bit more NFL draft ramp up until Thursday when the NFL draft actually happens. Now, you can make your second listen locked on NFL draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, they bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.